coming at you from Merrimack, New Hampshire. I'm Brendan. And I'm Mike, co-founder of Able Ebenezer Brewing Company. Each week, we have a beer and a good time keeping the discussion on the lighter side. This is the Stimulus Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Stimulus Podcast. I'm Brendan, with me as always is Mike, and we're joined by Megan Gordon, Territory Sales Manager at Switchback Brewing up in Vermont. How are you doing today, Megan? I'm great. How are you guys? I'm doing good. I mean, I'm just so happy that you're on. I know you're definitely an avid listener of the show, or at least have, uh, you know, listened to a few episodes, and I finally got you to come on. It's my time to shine. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. I remember when the podcast was like an idea getting tossed around and like most of my ideas, I'm like, you know, I'm going to get really into like rug hooking and what it never comes to fruition. But you guys were like, we're going to make a podcast. And next thing you know, I see this plug for the stimulus podcast. And I was like, no, sirs. They went out and they did the thing. Wait, rug hooking? Rug hooking. <laughs> Not rug actually hooking. a secret passion of mine, but my mom is a big fan. So what is yeah, it? Like making rugs. Oh. I didn't know that. I thought it was just rug maker. We're just jumping into Vermont no, slang real quick. They're hookers, yeah. So mm. my mom, like, super scandalous. She's like, I'm gonna go hang out with my hooker friends. So I was like, excuse me, <laughs> the nerve. <laughs> Alas, nice. Yeah, rug hooker. Can we be like broadcast hookers? Or, <laughs> or, like, we're radio pimps. Radio, <laughs> radio pimps. pimps. Yeah, it's got I, a ring to it. Just make up our own stuff. That makes sense. We could start something. <laughs> We have the medium. We can do this. <laughs> hey, let's no, oh, right. We're radio pimps. <laughs> oh, man. Here with my radio pimp co-host. It'd be like the new age version of, was it like shock jocks? Was that the, oh, like Howard Stern and like that kind of era of like radio folk? Yeah. That's not the word for it, like shock jock? Oh, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Radio pimp has a more refined note to it. Yeah. <laughs> Howard Stern, hookers. It, it's all coming pimp. full circle. We're off to a great start. Radio I can't pimp believe killed the radio star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. And we're going off the rails real quick. All right. Well, we, we like to start off, uh, knock off the rust and get everyone comfortable with a would you rather. So, Megan, would you rather have all the traffic lights you approach be green or never have to stand in another line again? Oh, definitely the traffic lights, for sure. Absolutely. I had a feeling. Yeah, it actually happened on my way here. And it was really satisfying. Like you get off the highway and there's that quick right, another quick right, and it was just blazing greens the whole way. And that kind of thing, you remember when it happens, it just, yeah. and you know, lines can be fun. They've got tabloids and snacks to peruse well nowadays in the beer industry it's like beer lines i don't know if that's like part of the experience is it a i guess it is a thing still a very long distanced from one another thing well mike and i we talked about this before i'm the same exact way i hate red lights red lights are my enemy and Mm -hmm. anyone who spends a lot of time in a car will tell you it sucks hitting every red light like in a city or getting off an exit and just hitting every red light going to a destination completely awful and i read a stat that if you drive every single day check you will spend a year of your life sitting at red lights (gasps) wow no and think about it from like a perspective of someone like yourself who's a sales rep who's traveling all the time you're always in your car how often are you spending time at a red light that adds up if you're if your job or even you have a long commute and you're not all highway. Oh my gosh, you're my gonna... heart just started racing oh, at the yeah. thought of that. I didn't even think about that, especially for you, like doing home deliveries and things like that. So it, oh. w- it was like great during the peak of COVID because no one was on the road. It but... was incredible. Like the worst part is we're talking about spending time at red lights and we are not in major cities. Like this mm. is New Hampshire we're talking about. There, there is so little traffic up here compared to any major city. Yeah, but I mean, I will say on the other side of that, Anytime that I'm at like the DMV and I'm waiting in that sort of line, I mean, those are always the worst days of my whole life. And but don't I could... you kind of, you like prepare for that though, right? Like you get like your pump up jams on your way there. You have like a tasty little matcha latte for the ride in. I got to be honest. I don't prepare for the DMV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a mindset. You got to, you know, 
Straighten the yeah. hair, do the mascara, get your smize ready. I know exactly what wow. you mean. You're, you're that person that makes the DMV that worse. You're like, who the fuck is this person? They just walked in. How come this person got to go in front of me? And like, sir, they're prepared. I'm just sitting there shining. Yeah. Did my application last night. <laughs> you don't do your applications ahead of time. Maybe Vermont's different, but. You bring a, a rug to hook. Just in case there's a really long line. Got to keep the spirits up, man. It actually, it reminds me. My friend totally screwed me this one time. He takes me to the to the DMV. He's like, hey, we're going to go to Foxwoods and gamble tonight. I'm like, yes, best day ever. Jump in the car. He goes, I just got to make one quick stop. No. Stops at the DMV. <laughs> I almost lost my mind. And it's also down in Massachusetts, too, where their DMV takes Yeah, I mean, forever. that's where I live, so... Well, it's funny because you get on the phone with the insurance company and they're like, oh, we got to send you to a specialist. Like they are notorious <laughs> for having the worst in, like DMV like requirements for insurance. And I lived what? in California and they're like, no, it's worse. I was like, Damn. wow. See, we have more cows than people in Vermont. And so we don't really have the DMV drama that a lot of states do. But I remember when I got my first license in New Hampshire and. There was a time to be alive, but conveniently, the DMV office is right next to like a massage spot. Wait, is that why uh, Ben and Jerry's <clears throat> is out of there, and they have like a cow on there? Um, in Vermont, yeah. Um, is I like think the whole it's thing? more you guys, like, of like the of whole like. Well, yeah. Like, think oh. about us. I mean, we've got Ben and Jerry's. Of course, we've we got cabbage yeah. cheese. We have more of them than we do humans. I mean, yeah. Mm. Well, so, I mean, going back to the line thing, I could totally see someone that likes going to amusement parks, though, cutting all the lines. Uh-oh, struck a chord in Megan here. So are we talking like Disney Fast Pass, guys? Oh, you would no just walk line. up. There's no line. <clears throat> oh, you walk up and there's no line at an amusement park. There's no park. line. But you hit every red light on the way there. Disneyland. <laughs> well, now that I've there. wasted all my time well, getting there, yeah, like get it there. doesn't matter if there's a line or not because we're out of time because we spent it in traffic. You could you just know, walk up and go. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. What? And it's like, especially, well, think about like if you're a parent because this question's like forever. You know, one day there's going to be self driving cars. You never have to worry about red lights again. But what if like. Wait a second, wait a second. What, what if like. <laughs> What if, like, for example, you have, like, kids, and you want to take them to Disneyland, you're like, guess what, son? I made a deal with the devil 20 years ago, and we don't have to wait in line. That'd be so awesome. All right, so what- You're not thinking this through, Megan. Hold on You gotta go deep. Does the- So does the no line- Come on, you gotta think harder than the cows. Does the no line thing apply to anyone who's with you, then? Yes. Okay. Oh, come on. It's like, oh, sir, you can go, but you gotta leave your two children and be like- it's like, yeah, exactly. Like, you're I the mean, one with the fast pass. They don't. Let I mean, the red light <laughs> thing applies to everyone that's in the car with you. All right, real quick, though. Just because the car drives itself doesn't mean there aren't red lights anymore, right? It does. No, because or like the cars all the robots are, just so smart, are like, they not just like, merge and... like th that one person, like when you want to turn left, they're like flashing your lights and you're like, no, you have the right of way. And they're like, no, but you know, you've been waiting there longer people. than I think and blah, blah, blah. And this it is makes how it accidents longer. happen. Yeah. Like it's called the right of way for a reason. Yeah. It's just like, just follow the rules and everything goes quicker. Execute it. Yes. Efficiency. Yes. That's right. But Balance it is nice when action. people are nice, but, but I hate like when yeah. you cross the street and people are trying to be nice and I'm like thanks now I'm walking in front of you and I'm on display awesome piece of meat <laughs> piece of meat rolling the streets yeah, that's right I'm just your little mannequin in the window and I so have you been <laughs> moral of the story if you see him on the road just keep going must be nice being so beautiful Mike I'm must never be gonna nice. let Mike cross in front of me ever you guys know like Church Street have you been to Church Street yeah. or to Burlington in Burlington yeah yeah yeah, the walkable um, street. Yeah, yeah so similar it. to like Pearl Street and Boulder. I think it's the same architect that designed both, actually. Oh. But the first time I think that like Carl came up, we're charging down Church Street on a bit of a bar crawl, and it's the pedestrian street. So the intersecting streets have to stop before they cross the brick, and pedestrians have the right of way. Sure. And so I'm charging along, and he like tries to grab me. And so I'm like, no, what are you doing? Come on, I'm like, we're going to the bar. He's like, well, there are cars. Megan, and now at this point, the car is like, are you going? Are you stopping? I'm like, we've got to go. This is our time to shine. <laughs> like, they're not going to wait forever. He's like, right, well, you can't just walk in front of traffic. But you can there. And yeah. I like that street. Well, maybe he was worried. <laughs> For that, that reason. Yeah, maybe he was worried about someone like did the deal where they don't have to stop. So. 
he's worried about you he's like i don't want to stop at any lights ever i don't <laughs> so care if there's people have you yeah. walked in boston <laughs> you right. better stop it right. you like... did this megan that's you true did this to him. it is true okay so on the topic of church street in burlington switchback is that is that actually in like downtown area burlington or you guys you're right outside of burlington um yeah it's a little outside of downtown um but what's really convenient is the Pine Street Corridor has had a lot of breweries popping up. So if you're having yourself a nice little bar crawl on Church Street, then you can kind of start brewery hopping. And then in no time, you're at Switchback, but we're right off the bike path, which is really nice, uh, right near Oak Ledge Park, which is really nice. So close enough to downtown that it's like stumbling distance. Nice. How big is Switchback? I mean, it, it's... It's like a regional sized brewery, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's like pretty substantial. I think we go regional for sure. The goal is definitely to always be kind of New England wide. And at this point, we're also available in upstate New York, uh, New York City, kind of out as far as Syracuse area. And then recently, we just launched the new distributor that covers the Virginia and DC markets. No so, way. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, who launches the DC market in election year during a global pandemic, yeah. but we sure did. And it's, they're doing great. So people are thirsty, but yeah, that was definitely the goal. And um, so size wise, you're talking like volume output, yeah, we do that. building wise. Sure. Like to put it in perspective for people listening, Abel Ebenezer does like 1500 barrels a year. So a barrel is 31 gallons of beer. So like barrelage, how much do you guys put up? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a little bit more than able. Um, She's like, that's one batch for us. We do I that want, every day. <laughs> I want to say we've probably broken um, annually 50,000 barrels, oh. but I kind of tend to just go with like whatever we sold this year isn't as much as we're going to sell next year. So nice. yeah, we uh, it's definitely even um, also to put it in perspective, you know, you guys have a 10 barrel system. So we, um, when Switchback started in 2002, we started on a 15-barrel system that we had got from a defunct brewery, Dark Star, out in Arizona. And so when we started, we had a 15-barrel, and as we expanded, we wanted to hold on to that one so we could rotate different brews through there. Um, but we dropped in a 66-barrel copper brew house from nice. Germany. So it's a little bit of a size difference. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, we only had to like rip the roof off to fit it in the place. So how big are your fermenters then? It um, must be enormous. Yeah, definitely <laughs> depends. Uh, the most recent additions that we similarly had to rip the roof off and quite literally raise it seven feet four, uh, where we dropped in two hundred sixty-four barrel fermentation tanks. So we can do a quad brew on the copper brew house transfer it all into one tank and especially as we got into the lager game we knew that that was going to be pretty important for us to have is just kind of a space where we could let it sit do its thing for a full six weeks and it's kind of non-negotiable if we want to do that so so for perspective how big are our fermenters again mike <laughs> basically if we did that we could just take the whole month off oh Wow. Yeah. Brenda's like, all right. All right. New goals. <laughs> yeah. All right. I see company goals in the future now, Mike. That's right. Wait, I'm really bad at math. We could take two months off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. That's yeah. right. That algebra two twice yeah. <laughs> in high school is really kicking in. Me too. Don't worry. I'm right there with you. <laughs> we definitely, uh, we've also just been along a bit, around a bit longer than yeah. you guys too. When so. was it founded? Uh, 2002, we go with. Oh, so wow. we actually just celebrated our 18th anniversary. I was going to say, I was, I was literally taking Algebra yeah, 2 again. Yeah. Yeah, in time. 2002? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love when people are like, have you been with Switchback since they started? I was like, in 2002, when I was 12? No, I have not. But yeah. I mean, maybe. It's a different time then. That's right. Child <laughs> labor out well, there. Yeah. In Vermont, you know, all those farms. And the drinking age up in Vermont's like ten, I think. Yeah, don't you get your driver's <laughs> like, license like when you're just you're see over the bar? Yeah, you, you ride your cow into town and yeah, it's park like maybe it as a red front. hooker or carpet hooker, or whatever it's called, but not rug, in a brewery. Like rug hooker. <laughs> this is gonna haunt me for the rest of my life. <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's ten. That's solid ten. But 
Oh, something else that's really interesting about Switchback is uh, you guys are employee owned. So what does that mean? We are. Yeah, it was actually so the employee ownership, um, the founders, Bill Cherry and Jeff Nieblum, a couple of years ago, decided that they were going to take Switchback and sell it to the employees. And I think a lot of it was um, Bill was I believe it was the year he was turning 54. Five, and he was just kind of like, you know, I'm not going to be young forever. Um, he's also an avid cyclist, which is where we got our name from. And, you know, there are only so many times you want to get hit by a car riding your bike through the app gap until you want to make sure that your company will be all right. Um, and, you know, he had gone to UC Davis, got his master's in fermentation. He worked at Boulevard Brewing for a while, had interned at AB and definitely has respect for the big guys. But is definitely a really prideful guy. And I think he wanted to make sure that the integrity of his company would maintain and that we would be Vermont owned forever and that he could have some trusting hands to leave it to, heaven forbid anything happened. So they took their worth of the company and mm -hmm. put it into an em employee stock ownership plan or an ESOP. Um, so it takes switchback and essentially we bought the house. So us as the employees, um, Switchback took out a loan on our behalf with mm -hmm. the ESOP. And so we, over years, we get more shares um, added to our ESOP plan, mm -hmm. which are worth, it gets annually reevaluated what the company worth is at the time. Um, but it's really awesome. And we're a pretty small team of people as well. So I think that just kind of speaking to the employees that, I mean, our engineer Gretchen has been with Bill almost since the beginning our lead brewer tony has been with him for over 10 years at this point and we've got a crew of employees that have really been along for the ride with right. bill um but yeah super awesome and was definitely not something that i think any of us were oh so you worked there before that was a thing or i did yeah this actually happened um i'm not sure what year but it was the year that the patriots came came back and beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say the, the year of the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> You're you know, like, oh, which one? Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, so it was... Um, every year since 2002. <laughs> yeah. Before, since it was a privately held company and just always kind of keeping us hungry, we had a big annual meeting where we kind of just discussed, here's how we did, this is what we're looking to do next year, um, here's how we're sitting in the market kind of stuff. And so we were had our big annual meeting scheduled for that Monday after the Super Bowl. And excuse me, not saying I strolled in wildly hungover from the <laughs> night before. I'm just saying that I sat down for the meeting. I got the like, Megan, are we we're ready to start now? Like thumbs up all around. Here's your water. And um, they're like, you can buy the company. You're like, I'm so <laughs> fucked up. You're like, I just cannot. <laughs> I can't be trusted with this right now. Um, no, the cool thing is we didn't even get an option. So we just, yeah. it was, yeah, we just. Wait, I have to ask, does it just come out of your paycheck? Like, are you like buying into it constantly? No, uh, so Switchback took out the loan on our behalf. And gotcha. so, so they basically gifted it to you yeah, in a sense. And so oh, we cool. just aren't vested in mm. our accounts yet. Um, but it's so annually we pay down the loan. So this is where like, well, you guys bought the house. So now you got like mortgages due. Right, right, so we right. pay down the loan each year um, with profits, oh, cool. essentially. Um, and we formally had done profit sharing, which was awesome. And that was kind of that meeting was where all, we all went in and we're like, all right, profit sharing. Like, hope we had a great year. Ended in the black. This will be great. Everyone walks with extra cash today. And Instead, we walked with, yeah, yeah, what will be some extra cash for sure. So, yeah, definitely, um, definitely a pretty rad move. We joined the ranks of some other pretty well-known breweries that are employee-owned. I know closest to us, Harpoon is partially employee-owned. Um, I think Left Hand, yeah, New Belgium, a, partially. New Belgium. Yeah, modern Times, I think, is now. Oh, there are definitely a couple. Yeah, Bill, I. They just straight up sold 100% of it to us. I still, I think some of us are still like, why does he trust us this much? Like, <laughs> has he met us? Yeah. Does he know what Like you he said, did? went too many bike accidents. <laughs> <laughs> He's not really yeah, sure. Probably, that's probably what he blames on. That's right. 
Even Jeff no, I mean, Bill sold the company. <laughs> and he's like, no, he signed it. So even though he sold the whole company to the employees, does he have still part ownership to it? Or does he have, like, is he on, is, do you guys have a board of directors? Yeah, great or... question. Um, yeah. yeah, so the ESOP does have a board of directors on which I believe Bill sits as the president, I believe is his role. Um, and some of the other roles are other folks. And I believe part of it was, you know, you couldn't have like a lawyer brother and have them sit on the ESOP board as a family member. And it's comprised of people who just really have nothing but the company's best interests at heart. Um, and he does sit on the board of that. And he still very much is at the brewery all the time. Um, that was kind of the funniest thing is everyone's like, so now that you're an ESOP, what's changed? Absolutely nothing. Like we all showed up at work Tuesday and got back to work and Bill was there with his dog Dyson and yeah. it was business as usual. That's so. usually how things go like that. It's kind of anticlimactic. We definitely had a pretty uh, indulgent lunch that day. That oh, was yeah, about, that was our celebration. Yeah, lots um, of ice cream. So yes, so much. <laughs> well, from Those the cows. cows you know? I don't know if you know this, there's actually more cows in Vermont than people. So. Wait, really? Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Here we are. We yes. own the company now. Yeah. So, so how long have you been with Switchback then? Um, I've been with Switchback for eight years now. And, and I'm assuming you didn't just start off as a territory sales manager. <laughs> Not quite, I, no. Yeah. What, what, what was the beginning? What were you? Uh, yeah. So I started working there one day a week. Um, Switchback at the time, this would have been 2012. I had just graduated college. And they just dropped in a bottling line. So for the first 10 years of the company, it was draft only. Uh, we dropped in the bottling line and wanted to make sure we were getting one that would assure the same quality as our kegging line. Um, and we really wanted to do it right the first time or not at all. And so as we dropped in the bottling line, we were sort of renegotiating space in the building. And we opened up a small little tasting room. So we had a little two-tap kegerator, like very much one that you're buddies have at their homes these days and we had a little office some really nice ikea racks um that give you the like hellacious blood blisters when you're trying to put them together Whoa. look we're upgrading it's not all ikea racks in here okay? i didn't mean to some of these as are target, soon as i okay? said that like turn and look at your rack i'm sorry for looking, looking at your at racks, racks. That's right. it's a really sorry. nice rack we have from target Thank it's you. just that that's that's the exact rack i'm talking about only ours <laughs> wasn't shiny like that that's a nice one it catches the light you, you guys look great um <laughs> So we had, yeah, and we did tours on Saturdays. So our brewers would come through, rotate, and after the tour, you had a chance to try two of the brews that we had on tap. And at the time with our manufacturer's license, it was a two ounce pour up to four times. Certainly not an eight ounce pour. Like you could not do that, but you could do two ounce pours. Four, four times. times. Yeah. Rules um, are so dumb. Yeah. So I started there doing that kind of one day a week. Um, and then as they were growing, it was just kind of the right time. And I thought about it and everyone else thought I was kind of crazy. But I was like, you know what? I'm bailing on the elementary ed thing and I'm going to teach people about beer instead. And just kind of thought it was the right time to get into beer. So um, shamelessly plugged myself on my lunch break from my other full-time job as a full-time employee candidate for Switchback. Um, and it kind of worked out. So uh, we started, you know, in 2012, craft beer was kind of starting to pop off quite a bit. So the Vermont Brewers Association had their brewery trail map, it started getting busier during the weeks. Um, and then we expanded our tap room and kind of had me nervous. I was like, am I going to be out of work for a bit like that's gonna be a hard hat zone what am i gonna do and our founder bill kind of was like oh sweetie i ordered your steel toed boots the other day you're gonna go work in production for a bit which was actually really awesome and something that i definitely walked away from with a entirely different knowledge appreciation and just just a different look at what brewing beer is really all about i mean you rake a spent grain out of a brew house <laughs> and you suddenly have a new appreciation for drinking a beer for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great for your skin. 
you know, all that steam, you know, it's like. <laughs> Hardly exfoliated those days. It was just a natural yeah. mist bath everywhere Every I summer, went. I lose so much weight. I had, I had the honor of doing that one time, and I'm like, man, I really like sales. <laughs> I was like, brewing? Gotta I hit the road, was, guys. Yeah, I was like, I thought brewing was going to be the coolest part about Abel Ebenezer, and I'm like, no, it's, it's not as cool as I thought it was. Raking the spent grain out of our 15-barrel system was actually my favorite part. It's, like really? out of like flip, we have a um like a keg cleaning machine. So out of flipping kegs, packing case boxes, this is before we had a case packer. So yeah. we were the case packers, and it was great. It was either a very intense calf workout because the belt was just high enough. I'd like be on my tiptoes and get the bottles to drop down, or I had to stand on a milk crate. So. Depending on the day, everyone got a good laugh at my expense. But out of everything that I got to do, shadowing the brewers and working back there, the raking the spent grain was just, that was the one. Something about it was like super zen. I don't know if I'd like it on the copper brew house. That one augurs out naturally, but, um, or not naturally, but naturally, it has an auger yeah, yeah. that very naturally uses. <laughs> we naturally spent a million dollars on this. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but alas, that was, that was the part. I loved it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool that you self-promoted yourself to the point that would you will yourself to get the job, basically? Yeah, it all it it definitely wasn't what I went to school for. And it, at the time, it was just I stayed in Burlington and I was trying to find a job. I went to St. Mike's for elementary and English and walked away with both those degrees and was like, I don't really know if I want to chase a teaching job right now. Like, mm. I'm going to hang up here and see what I can find because I just love quality of life up there and have really fallen in love with the Burlington area. And so I was working with kids at the time, but um, just wanted like that extra sidekicker job. And a buddy was dating a girl that worked there at the time. And it just kind of worked out where my interview was sort of, I went in on a Saturday and the phone rang and I hit them with a switchback brewing company. This is Megan. And they're like, hired. See ya. There's the beer. Pour it up. And nice. yeah, it was really That's a good move. It was a great timing thing and just kind of had a hunch that it was um, I got a lot of respect for Bill and the company that he built and the folks that I gotten to know. And I really thought that uh, it just felt right. It was uh, that's awesome. I yeah. mean, especially eight years, though. I mean, I eight don't think years. you last anywhere that long this unless the, you have a ton of respect for where you are. So this is the longest I've ever done anything. Yeah. I was thinking about it recently is just working at, cause like college, you know, I only did like a bachelor, well, double bachelor, like four year degree. Right. High school's four years. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, now you own it, so, or a part of it. Yeah, we're in, right? yeah. And now you're a part of Here we are, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's all. Awesome. So, a lot of people think that working in the beer industry is awesome, and uh, it <laughs> Which is. Which it is. No, no, it's, yeah, yeah, it is. Like, whoa, no, it still doesn't on. feel like a job, but I'm just curious as a uh, New England district rep, so like you're always going around, it's, do you ever get tired of drinking at restaurants and like just kind of doing the same thing? Because I mean, it, it still is a job. It is. You know what I mean? So it's not like you're just Megan, like I'm out just getting trashed or something like that. Like, you know, there there is like a technique to it. There definitely is. Um, yeah, one time I had actually been going through, like had received a job offer and was chatting with folks and they're like, oh, so what are your strengths and weaknesses? And I was like, well, my strength is I don't really love being drunk. Oh. And so there really isn't that much worry about going out at events and making a total ass of myself, especially if I'm wearing a company logo. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so I think that, you know, it is definitely fun. It's certainly a party and going out and drinking at bars all the time is great. But there's definitely uh, it's a balance and it's definitely. Um, yeah, I don't know if I could actually like really like love drinking and yeah. do this job because it could I could see it being like way too overindulgent pretty quickly. But. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Like people are always like, "Do you want to go out and get a beer?" I'm like, "No, I'm good. Like, let's yeah. go do something else." No, definitely. I and especially you know doing the sales rep thing. You know, you get into and you mentioned like, does it get boring going to bars and drinking all the time? And honestly, the best part about going to bars all the time is like the people you encounter right. for sure. Um, and I also am the person that has like no shame in sitting at a bar without drinking and just like eating my snacks. 
I also had, this was probably the biggest struggle was getting used to being at a bar by myself. Mm. That yes. was weird for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, it, you really oh, have yeah. no mm. option. Like there are plenty of times that I'm with distributor buddies or other beer reps, but more often than not, it's you're on the road and you're traveling and you're out bopping around accounts just solo style. Yeah, it's kind so. of funny you said that because I kind of forgot the times when it is weird if you're just sitting somewhere by yourself. But now it's like sometimes you just have to. Yeah, now it's actually, and I mean, granted, I haven't been able to do very much work travel. So in a lot of the states that I call on, um, you know, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, I haven't been able to go to and um, for work because otherwise I'd have to come back to Vermont and quarantine for two weeks. Right. And having already done that once, I'm just not trying to do it again. Right. It's not my style. But yeah, it definitely in normal times of being out and being able to shoot the shit with people at bars, high five people, hug strangers, buy beers, cheers them. Um, yeah, it, I, that's an interesting one. I wonder if the days when I can actually go out again. Oh, I can't wait for states. that. It's just, the, the, and to your point, before I was a sales rep, I I did like drinking. Yeah, he I, did it for us anyway. Yeah, like, I, would do <laughs> it anyway. I just love these guys. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. are some of the best salespeople. Yeah. Not that I don't drink, but I just hate being drunk. I actually learned, though, and it was the biggest, and it, I didn't like, it was a lesson that I just learned naturally, but it was that you can't go out to a bar anymore and have five beers and i'm not and not saying i'll make an ass of myself but it's like now that i have this company logo on me mm -hmm. it's more like a all right i represent mike and carl and abel ebenezer i can have a beer and that's fine mm -hmm. or i don't have to like i go to accounts now all the time and like you said i'll have a water and just yep. maybe some food like mm -hmm. you, you have some grub and they're like oh do you want a beer i'm like i'd love a beer right now but I just don't think, you know, I, I have a couple more accounts to hit. I'm in the company car. I, you know, I'm not, I just, I don't feel comfortable if I'm having a few, be like if you hit five or six restaurants or yeah. bars, you can't have a, a beer at every place yeah, you're going especially to. Especially the company car thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you're driving in it, you're yeah. like, oh, there's a big like sign on this thing. Like you can't <laughs> cut anyone off. You can't like go too slow. You can't go too fast. So you'll notice that our company cars aren't branded. Not yes. for any reason other than pure speculation when we got the first one. And I was actually the kid that was like, oh, we're getting it like a nice little like switchback ombre logo, like dip dye. It's going to look dope. And they were just like, yeah, a bullseye directly on oh. the vehicle you're driving after going to pint nights or whatever it may be. Like, great. It'd be like driving the L.L. Bean boot. And mm. someone coming up and being like, you got any boots? And they're like, no, what would make you think that? So you have like an undercover uh, switchback car. It's like an undercover cop car. It says it's like switchback interceptor on the back. <laughs> that would be yeah. super fresh. <laughs> like, I think, but I think also your car that you drive, because you're regional, so you're going to different states, that's more of like a personal car in a sense where ours is, we're self-distributed right now. You use distributors. So... When we're pulling up to accounts, it'd be a little weird if I just pulled up in a van. Yeah, especially you know, at someone's house. Just, you know, it's like they get excited. Like, yeah. like, hey, who's this guy? Who's this guy in the Chevy? Van. <laughs> yeah, okay, like, he's walking up the driveway, honey. Call the police. Call the police. <laughs> this is true. It definitely. Honey, put down the carpet. You don't need a, you need a carpet hook right now. <laughs> the hooker's outside. <laughs> the good thing, know. though, is you guys know that a bar will never get a enable delivery out of a Budweiser truck. Correct. Or insert Corona, just really any brand that isn't your own. And granted, we do have some really dope graphics on distributor trucks, but there is like even there are days I pull into the brewery, I'm like, that's a really nice Corona find your beach scene at our loading dock right now. Like I never even nice. thought about that. that oh, yeah. When your <laughs> beer gets distributed places a lot of times like the rep isn't wearing a switchback rep necessarily right well if we did it right they're wearing a switchback oh, okay no but it, okay. So that's like your job right you're kind of like corralling the distributors or you're given you're you're like hey dude like why don't you wear a sweatshirt like when you're stocking our shelves and stuff like that <laughs> yeah. like you're like on their ass um you know there are pals, and we just... <laughs> oh, that's a yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, 
Yeah, no, that is kind of the job is just working super closely with distributors, working with accounts. Um, and yeah, brand visibility is so important. Yeah, because you just got to make sure they're repping your brand, right? Yeah, that's the goal. Because yeah. really, it's, you know, I'm one of me and there is another of me. We have uh, two territory sales managers. So it's myself and Darby. Um, and we have us. But, you know, for being in all of New England, upstate New York, I mean, even the territories that we each manage are pretty broad and yeah, what's a your lot territory? of accounts. Um, so right now, currently, I'm managing um, Vermont, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so wow. formerly, I've been doing Southern New England. Um, we had been available in Vermont, obviously, for years. And New Hampshire, Maine, New York were some of our first um, expansions. And then it wasn't until, let's see, six years ago now that we launched Massachusetts. Um, and we started with Western Mass, just wanted to make sure we could keep up with demand um, and then started leaking closer towards the city until finally we were confident that we would keep the pipes full heading into Boston. Um, and so I launched our expansion territories. Yeah, I was going to say that's got to be huge going to Massachusetts. Yeah, you know, it definitely. We having did the brewery it. in New Hampshire and then living in Mass, I'm like. I mean, it is substantially more dense. There's in Massachusetts. a lot of folks down yeah, there. Yeah, like ten times as much. Definitely, yeah. So we did it kind of. It was funny for years. We were getting like, "Hey, where can I find your beer in Boston?" We're like, "In Springfield, Massachusetts." Yeah, you right. could drive out the Pike real quick yeah. and find it. So we started out <laughs> Just, in. Yeah, I was gonna say that's the thing too. Is like no one lives in Western Mass. It's like a state of ten. 10 million people and 9 million live in like Boston. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty big pipe that we were looking at to keep full. Yeah. So we um we did it pretty slow, methodically. Again, Bill's definitely like a, we want to do it right the first time, not at all. And, you know, you had kind of talked about beer lines earlier. And while that's fun for a while, it is so much more fun walking into a store and being able to find the beer that you want at that moment. Um, and so we really didn't want to enter new markets until we were confident that we could keep up with demand. So we started out in Western Mass um, and then Central, Southeastern, um, and then North Shore was not far behind it. And then kind of did Boston and the Cape last. And I say that like it was not long ago, but it's been years that we've been in Boston at this point. So, yeah, it was a long time coming. So. To go off that, I know we've talked about this before, but so you're a sales rep, but you also have merchandisers too, right? Who go to accounts like, or is it just like, you're the only one going to all these oh, accounts no. over four <laughs> states? I don't know how you could even hit just Vermont, you know, in a month. Yeah. So we, uh, we do more of the three tier system as opposed to you guys are super fortunate in that you guys are able to self-distribute and cover the territory that you want to be in, whereas we wouldn't be able to self-distribute down to Boston, say. Right. Um, and so we have, so I, as the supplier rep, am kind of like the brewery is one tier, and then you have your distributor teams, um, and that's sort of the second tier, and then the third tier would be the liquor stores, packies for all my <laughs> Massachusetts pals, and bars, anyone that actually sells your product. Um, so I'm one tier, our distributors are another, and they're really like our boots on ground salespeople. They're the folks that, you know, they're in these accounts every week, if not several times a week. They've watched the families grow up. They've seen the kids graduate college. They know when your pet had surgery. Um, and those are the folks and kind of, you know, you guys were laughing earlier about like, and, you know, you just want to bribe them and wear your stuff. But you really kind of do because these are the guys that are out and gals representing your brands on the daily for you. So it's really about um, working closely with them, having good relationships with those guys. And, you know, we do in normal times some of my favorite stuff is like distributor ride alongs. So we'll team up with our distributor and work with some of their sales reps. So our sales reps go in ride with them, get to meet their accounts, build relationships with both the rep and their accounts, which is awesome. And just really remind everybody that it's kind of like we're all in it together. And if you're succeeding, they're succeeding, which means everybody succeeds. And so it really is like a lot of moving pieces. Um, but yeah, so I definitely try and make it to as many accounts as possible, but there's just so many. <laughs> 
there's a lot of switchback accounts. Yes, so there are. it's really, we love our distributor folks. And, um, you know, a lot of them we've been with for years. Um, obviously, you don't really break up with them. We're pretty much married to those guys. So, um, but they do great work for us. So, yeah, it's a good time. I miss all those guys. That's actually, this is our time of year that we plan all of our our ABP means our annual business planning for next year. And, mm. you know, it's always fun. You travel, you get to see everybody, grab lunch, have some beers. And it's all been from my fuzzy slippers and Zoom calls this year. <laughs> it's, it's been wild. I miss them all. All right. So I know this is just another thing, but I got to plug it. Karsten. Oh, great beer. Love that beer. It's your lager, right? It, it, it is. is. So... I heard from a little birdie, <laughs> don't know who, <laughs> that you guys were coming out with 12 packs. Oh, we are. <laughs> Just to throw it on the hot spot. That's a really smart little birdie. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I have, I have a, it's, it's not insider trading, but I got a... <laughs> I got I buy switchbacks though. Brandon knows a guy. <laughs> I know a guy who works up there actually. Yeah, no, thankfully all of our pals know about it at this point. But could you, yeah, could they're you coming in that? hot. We're super stoked. We um it was a long time coming. We wanted to have you know, we've had switchback ale and for a really long time that was kind of I think everyone thought that was it for us. Um, and it was a really long time until we added some additional year-round offerings. So we started with Switchback IPA, and we got that out into the market full-time. And then this past year, we actually launched it in March. Great timing. Wait, Karsten was released in March? It was. No yeah. way it was that recent. Yeah, like so it's... we kicked off and we launched it in March in 12-ounce cans, and it was the first 12-ounce can we did. And it just was the package that made sense for it and definitely the flavor profile we were missing um and yeah we kicked off in march so it was a great time for everyone to try new beers and discover a new favorite that they could drink a whole six pack of and nice. i love that i love yeah. lagers i love just like crushing like a six pack of budweiser but yeah um, and it was kind of we <laughs> found that uh, we found that crushing the six wasn't quite enough yeah, you need a so we figure we better build out a suitcase hey, and pack them up. So you want to drink with your friends? I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, and it's one of those. All of our beers are really meant similar to you guys. I mean, you don't have anything that's way off the charts. Like you can't have a couple and keep it together. And a lot of our beers are in that like five, um, like Switchback Ales five percent, Carson's five point one. So they really are built to be like longevity drinkers. So they're definitely a best by the six pack and. Now we're about to find out, and I have a hunch that they're going to actually be best by the 12-pack. It's funny. It seems like a lot of people in the beer industry are definitely going back to lagers, and they get, like, super stoked about, like, what's your lager? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. IPAs, whatever, got it. Like, show me something good. Like, show me something new. Yeah, and I wonder, Um, for a while, I thought some of that was just that Bill had he really came up formally through brewing and getting his master's in fermentation and really everything that I've learned about beer, I've learned from him and he just kind of oozes passion for it. And I think that it, to be able, I think it's honestly, and he, he would probably be so disappointed because I know there's somebody that instilled this idea in him. He would want me to reference at this time, but I think it's kind of the mark of like a, a real, fucking dope brewery is whether or not you're able to produce a crisp clean lovable pilsner mm -hmm. and it is really you know bill kind of taught it to us with brewing unfiltered beers kind of you guys leave everything unfiltered too yeah yep and i'm not sure what the drive for you guys was but for bill a lot of that was he wants everyone that drinks a switchback to enjoy the same experience that we get to have when we're drinking off a zwickle off a tank so if we're pulling a sample off like a fermentation tank, a bright beard tank, and just kind of taking, well, I guess it's a fermentation tank. Um, but if we're playing samples and in the cellar drinking, we really want to be able to give people that are drinking a switchback that same experience as standing on our production floor, trying a sample directly off the tank, getting that mouthfeel, and really having just like a brewer's experience of drinking. And I think that this like Karsten specifically, the premium lager, um, I think that those are the beers where really 
you can tell yeah if you try and take a shortcut or do something funky speed up fermentation with a beer like that you definitely you can taste it or it shows so yeah i mean we didn't filter ours because i couldn't afford a centrifuge but that sounds really nice i mean that is a really nice story that almost feels like a like a children's book i love that like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna write i was not expecting the, you to yeah, say that shit yeah. uh, the worst part is we totally have a centrifuge we really? just use it to like evenly distribute the yeast in the beers but you can edit that part oh out. yeah whatever yeah, that's fine. <laughs> i'm sorry well i think it's a good a good time to also megan yes do you have any questions for us i know it's time to shamelessly just pen Mike with questions. If you don't, I have like a really philosophical question I can ask you, but I don't know if you want to go there. Oh, no. I mean, I guess really, I think uh, my main question is like, what what's the big scoop? Like, you got any like hot tea to spill? Like, what's new and exciting with Abel? I know you guys, I mean, talk about pivoting on an actual dime over the last couple months. You guys have beyond crushed the game. I think that any brewery that has seen what you have done has hopefully been taking notes and just really taking it all in because, I mean, I don't know how many people listening to this podcast really know what went into y'all thriving over the last couple of months, but it wasn't an easy feat. So I know that you guys have definitely conquered. So I assume that at this point you're kind of like, what's next for us so like what's in the tanks what's what's next i mean i think it's really just expanding on it and just making it better because i mean i wish i could get home delivery where i live you know being (laughs) over the border i'm like come on treehouse and trillium like why don't you deliver me some beer what you don't have like a p.o box in like nashville i made it clear earlier i don't wait in line so i'm like i'm not (laughs) doing that shit guys no sir that's right bring it to my doorstep No, it is it is pretty cool. You know, the home delivery service is crazy. Well, especially nowadays. I mean, I I think it's benefited us being very thoughtful about what future trends are. You know, we're mm-hmm. very much not this is the way it's always been done mindset. And I think with I think sometimes it's easy to get complacent, but especially with COVID, I think the right answer is to know that the world's changing and you have to adapt to it. and and to be worried about you know people always say like the new normal and people are scared of it or they don't want it or they fight it and it's like it's it's not one of those things for you to fight it's like it's happening and you know it's just like how are you gonna ride the wave you know what i mean it's almost like that surfing mentality it's like the wave's gonna push you over it's like all you can do is ride it and you know some people like that's that's when you wipe out like you, you think too much about it. You just gotta, you just gotta stay on top of it. That's all. all. Right. So it's uh... <laughs> that's nice. No, and uh, Mike's the person who goes outside on a day like today, and he's like, "Do you get wet or do you feel the rain?" <laughs> <laughs> was I'm that sorry. was was that your philosophical question I'm you had lined up? Because no. I would not have been ready. I don't know why that just popped. That in my is head some of the most profound <laughs> shit I've heard today. That wow, wow, Brendan. Ugh, you know? <laughs> after you, after that, I mean, That's I have to beautiful. say something smart. <laughs> that was really nice. Yes, <laughs> dude. A children's book's gonna come out of this podcast. Yeah. I know. It. I can feel it. Gonna be children book hookers. <laughs> hey, I really authors, like the, whatever they're called. The I might have a degree in that. The ABCs of brewing would be dope. I, you killed that. That's crazy. Man. That's a nice a idea. A is for able. B is for brewing. C is for centrifuge. Carlson gets the centrifuge at the end. Everyone's happy. <laughs> <laughs> and then the beer was clear. Oh, we already got the ending. The end. <laughs> And un- oh, we'll Lord. have the unfiltered and filtered versions. I like it. You guys should definitely capitalize on the unfiltered part. Like uh, we did a shirt line one year. It said unfiltered on the front. And so if you knew it was like if I were at a brew fest, people would get it. If I were at a random event, they're like unfiltered. What's what's that about? I'm like, well, you know, my jokes, my mouth, my beer, everything is just unfiltered with switch back That's right. don't have or a centrifuge specifically. you just walk away and they're like what the hell is that girl's problem uh-huh. 
Those things are pretty nutty. Hey, Bob, though. does that mean she likes me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> On the back, it says filthy. <laughs> I don't know what it said. We had one that was like the switchback swirl. So with like an unfiltered beer, if any of the yeast settles out, you know, we're like, especially when we started bottling, because for the 10 years that people were drinking kegs of it, and you get down to the bottom and, you know, like the sphere pulls from the very bottom of a keg. So if you didn't kind of reincorporate the yeast throughout, you get kind of like a milkshake pour. So when we started bottling, it was kind of the same idea of, you know, when you get the beer, we want you to really reincorporate any yeast back into the whole beer. So we suggest you give it the switchback swirl. So you pick the bottle up, invert it, give it like a little like rodeo swing. That sounds like um, something uh, Aaron from Two Share on our last podcast would just like break his fingers doing or something like that. The guy is so accident prone. <laughs> admittedly, admittedly. So. I got to say, Aaron, hey, what's up? Hello under my switchback hoodie today. I'm totally wearing a Two Share shirt. Proof. Guys, fellas, of course. That's a two-share. I'm not flashing everybody, but <laughs> she's not a really comfy girl. shirt. Take our word for it. We're her pimps. <laughs> Radio pimps. It's funny too because I already chains, bought the Jello pit. Whoa, dude! We're oh. calling it a Jello swirl. Oh, Jello swirl. <laughs> <laughs> not even paying attention. Have you learned nothing this whole time, cheese? <laughs> Oh man, that's great. That's so great. I, all right, I need to hear this philosophical question I was, now. I'm glad Let's, you beat me to it. I was going to wait for him to like finish drinking because I'm a lady, but yeah, whenever you're ready. All right, Megan. Okay. If you can go back in time and give yourself a one sentence piece of advice at any point in your life, what age would you go back to and what piece of advice would you give? My gosh. Um, all right, not because it was the year that Switchback was founded, but it was because I was having a hell of a year that year. I'd go back to 2002, Megan. Where she was 12. I was 12. I was... Good memory. I was heading into uh, seventh grade. Piece of advice. Um, oh, wow. This is actually, this is profound. I One was sentence. not prepared. One sentence. I'd probably just go with they ain't shit. That's what I go with. Just <laughs> blanketed they, whoever it is they are, like just they ain't shit. Not like bitches ain't shit? No, just I think uh, right around that time was just sort of like had a lot going on family wise, which just kind of translated into like being you know, school, like angsty. I was such an angsty teenager. I would really? honestly want to just go back and instead of like giving me a sentence, just like slap me up across the head and be like, bitch, <laughs> get it together. You ain't shit either. Um, but it was definitely just one of those, like I, I think I spent like a couple of years just kind of following like the they of like, here's, you know, like here's what I'm supposed to be doing to be cool with the soccer team or here's what I need to do to be like the, best clarinet player drum major band geek that i can be like i really just went all out at everything um and kind of looking back i wonder how much of it was like kind of really for me and how much of it was just like i thought that's what i was like meant to be doing hmm. and i think at the time i was certainly meant to be kind of doing that but i think that i just spent like a couple of years just like not really like living my best life and it was just kind of i would just think back and <clears throat> i think it's like something that i've carried on since then for sure it's just like that they ain't shit mentality like unless you're signing my paycheck yeah yeah i don't know just uh yeah no i think i think that's all i gotta say on it it's probably not as profound as you're hoping but no, i think great. it's really just that and even you know and it was even the whole like getting into the beer business, I mean, I think both my parents thought I lost it and probably my older brothers too of like, I mean, for years, probably since I was in third grade, I was like, I'm meant to be a teacher. Like I am so Hillary Swank Freedom Riders. Like I don't want like cushy Montessori. Like I am like, I am really, I'm gonna go and like turn on the light for people. Like I wanna bring light to the good and make a difference to people. Like this is what I'm meant to be doing. and. Even after I graduated college and got into beer, I think for a little bit there, I really struggled with the, like, am I being impactful? Like, am I really like making a difference to people that need it? 
And it took me a while to decide that a lot of the people that I looked up to in my life weren't necessarily like your traditional teacher coach role models and that there are ways to still kind of just like do the most despite not following the teaching career I had had in mind. And so, yeah, even I think that as soon as I really just started like doing exactly what like my like gut instinct that sounds so lame but honestly like what <laughs> not at all once i started just being like intuition based and it was just kind of like now i'm on to something and just kind of was like thriving a bit more so i think that's awesome i, I feel like intuition yeah. is definitely an underrated oh, you know, aspect so of someone is. and i'm you know i gravitate toward people that follow it like you know myself i find it inspiring you know if someone gives me the blueprint of their <laughs> life so that i've already known <laughs> I'm like, that's great. I'll see you later. I'm bored. Like, <laughs> like, Toodles. I don't care. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. What would be uh what would you tell little Mikey Frizzell? <laughs> oh, so how old is little Mikey? I would be twenty two <laughs> because I was such a like a dickhead that I couldn't give myself advice before then. <laughs> but uh yeah, twenty two. That that's when I started to have a, a midlife crisis and Oh. Yeah. I what would I say? Now, is this... Well, the hard part is trying to convince me that, oh, this guy is important, even if it's me. And, like, <laughs> I should listen to what he has to say, because I was, like, that much of a headstrong a-hole. Okay. Yeah, I'm Damn. the type of person, when I get, like, a Facebook time hop, I'm like, I hate this guy. Oh, guy but suck. same. Total same. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. But I, I would probably tell myself to... I'd probably say... There's no one thing that's going to make you feel complete. So enjoy the little moments. Oh. Because yeah. I feel like I kind of had that mindset that, oh, if I do this, if I join the army, if I have this job, then I'll be happy. And, you know, it's really just the little things that, you know, the sum of the parts is more than, more than the total. I love that. It's so true. Yeah. That's definitely. So at 22, what stage of that were you heading into the army? Had you already been in the no, army? I was kind of having that. Uh, I started getting good grades because I think the mentality was this is my life and no one actually cares about me. So I have to care about me. And it was just a lot of self-realization at that time. Right. And so on. I did a lot of things that I wanted to do. That's um, dope. Yeah, like I went out and got like a motorcycle license and did stuff like ran a marathon. And in my mind, I was like, I want to join the army because I want to be part of something. But that's, that also goes back to all those things. I thought, oh, if I do this, then I'm going to be that much happier. And I felt like everything came up short. So all those things they came ain't up short. shit, Mike. It's because they ain't shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a little piece and then they all add up to something that's better but you have to realize it wasn't just one of them it's the cumulative um effect of everything so. i love it do you have like a daily gratitude practice speaking of hippie crunchy shit no just the podcast i kind of i i forget why i started it initially i think it was because um of that video of the little nugget that was gifted an avocado for christmas and he unwraps it and it it's legit. It's like an avocado from the produce section. And this little munchkin unwraps it and he looks, he's like, It's an avocado. Thanks. And puts it aside on like Christmas morning. I was like, ah, I want to love anything as much as that kid loves that avocado. Like right. how precious to be at this stage of just like eternally grateful for an avocado. And so I started this whole like avocado of gratitude thing and it's my daily gratitude practice but so much of it is really just trying to not take the little parts for granted whether mm. it's as simple as like today looking forward to like being on y'all's podcast i was like number one of my avocado gratitude i'm stoked i get to be on the stimulus podcast right. two was actually the rain i'm not normally a rain person but today was one of those days i didn't like have much going on but I like that, like taking the second to like find the little things and not get so in, enveloped by everything all at once and just. Right. And that's good for mental health though too. Cause I, oh, I do the same yeah. thing. I, I wake up and just tell myself three good things about myself every day. Oh, what was today's? Um, You know, I'm healthy, I'm happy, 
and I t- all my problems in life are fake. Every problem I have is like fantasy football. I'm like, wow, they like. Tra- <laughs> yeah, that's a real problem. You got a problem. <laughs> that yeah. sounds pretty legit. <laughs> that's help. what I mean. I'm like, all like all my problems are fake. Like I, I my life is so good that that my I have to make up problems in my fantasy world. <laughs> so that i can be upset that in that which is like all right so just you know just know that you're you're i'm stressed about losing in fantasy football when a kid probably didn't eat today you know it's like uh, all right like i guess losing chris carson this week wasn't that bad he actually got the broken foot you know like that that sucks for him but yeah just that's really lovely and i mean you really you do a good job of i think kind of living that like the whole litter crew thing i mean I don't necessarily like you and be like, oh, this kid thinks he's like got it all because his biggest problem is like fantasy problems. <laughs> like you do a really good job of like going out and whether it's when you're representing Able or representing Litter Crew or you, you spark joy for me for sure. I appreciate you've been that. on. You've definitely been on my like avocado <laughs> gratitude list. Same. I mean, you're the only co pimp I would have. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> you too, That's Mike. It. I wouldn't pimp with anyone yeah. else. Those are really real, like territorial. So the fact that you guys can co pimp is speaks strongly to both of you and your mm-hmm. characters for sure. I think no. It's just like once you find what happiness is, then you're set. It's really like in my like I get upset and angry and sad like every human does, but ninety nine percent of my life is happiness. And especially if you can find the happy and like the normally overlooked. Oh, absolutely! Like I'm super happy about this beer. It's a beer I've drank a million times before, but it hit just right today. So that amps me up. And you know how easy it is just kind of like lose focus on those little things, especially. I mean, shit's tumultuous. I don't know if you guys know, but it's like I, shit's weird out there. <laughs> I had this le- life lesson from my dad a long time ago, but he always said to me, "He's like, is it gonna matter in five years? Love that. If it is, okay, like absolutely. But if it's if it's not gonna matter moving forward, then like, why are you so upset over it? Like, I remember there was a Christmas. It was actually like my last Christmas with my dad." And I made Kimmy a really nice um, collage picture, you know, thing. Like I spent hours on this thing, putting all these pictures together. And that morning I was going down the stairs and I dropped it. It shattered the glass frame. And I was screaming. I was pissed. And my dad's like, dude, she's not going to care that the glass broke. Like it's the time you spend into this and it's the frame still together. Like you can get a new piece of glass. Like you shouldn't care about that. And I was like, so upset in the moment right. but then i realized like oh you're you're right like she isn't gonna care about the glass that broke right. it's like mike know? just turned up the heat in here because i'm pretty <laughs> sure my eyes are sweating yeah, no, but that's, that's so true yeah. i love that i went and i actually thanks dad for teaching me that so late in life i wish that's what i learned when i was younger that like is it really gonna matter like i don't know if you guys know this but like we're still pretty young so yeah. like, we got this <laughs> we still got this <laughs> I really like that. That's, yeah. Yeah. Oh. On that note. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> I had to take it deep for you guys real quick, you know? Oh, that is, I mean, time, dude, that's invaluable, though. Like, I'm pretty sure I gave someone, everyone in this room knows, a lecture about, like, how much I value time. That's oh, something yeah. you're never getting it back. And to, like, when someone does a thing that took their time, and I think even you know, from whether it's a delivery standpoint or a brewing standpoint. I mean, brewing is a labor of love. I was going to say that you grain out. snap your fingers like, didn't and like beer that grain is out. brewed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, it takes hours and then days and fermentation takes weeks and labors of love like that. Like, I think really sometimes like the time that it takes is so understated that I don't know. I'm a big fan of time, not necessarily in it passing rapidly, but just like valuing it is something kind of in my day and shit days was I like wasn't necessarily super mindful of my time and I definitely mm. am more so today yeah. for sure well I mean on that I mean we're glad that we got to spend our time with you so yeah, it's definitely yeah. worth it so. oh I'm so stoked you guys want to share some time no, with me absolutely. this has been awesome it's been great having you you're just a bundle of joy and oh. honestly your voice sounds way better than mine on the microphone <laughs> well we found out of this podcast but um before you go could you plug switch back a little bit maybe you know facebook twitter instagram like whatever it is like where can we find your 
beer yeah, besides the store. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so our website is switchbackvt, like the state abbreviation for Vermont, switchbackvt.com. On most of social medias, Instagram, Twitter, we are at switchbackbeer. And you can find us, Switchback Brewing Company, on Facebook. Um, my favorite feature when you're trying to find Switchback is we have a beer finder on our website. So you go to switchbackvt.com, click find our beer, and you can type in your zip code. If you're trying to, you know, in normal times, if you're trying to go out and enjoy a pint, you can pick go out and find bars within a certain radius of your location. Um, and these days, the take it home option has been super friendly. So you can type in similarly your zip code. Uh, you can pick which beer of ours you're looking for or which beers, plural, you're looking for, <laughs> and it'll tell you which stores in the area have received a delivery within the last couple of days. So, yeah. That's awesome. Like for sure. And, yeah, otherwise, I think that's everywhere you can find us, shelves in stores mostly. Dude, that's awesome. Seriously, Absolutely. go buy some Switchback. Switchback L is outstanding. Switchback IPA amazing karsten though my new favorite i'm a, like i said he's got his own instagram i should probably plug that he's at who underscore is underscore karsten this was he really he's got a personality all his own and we kind of use he but it's just you know karsten is represents a lot of us i think he's really just that like everyday beer he's perfect for after raking leaves, pretty soon he'll be shoveling snow, about to floating have a in your book. floaties, <laughs> when you're writing your children's book. Carson, he just he does the damn thing. So yeah, he's got a he's got a vibe all his own for sure. But yeah, thank you guys so much. This has been an absolute treat. And you can check us out at uh stimuluspodcast.co. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And on that note, I'm a pimp. Apparently I'm also a pimp. And I'm a, in parentheses, rug hooker. <laughs> and this is the Stimulus Podcast. Woo-woo!